Good afternoon. Welcome here to SportsStars.ie. It's time for SportsStars Camogie, our weekly look at all action with the small ball. I'm Darren Kelly. And of course, joining me, my partner in crime, Killian Whelan. Killian, not as much to look at this week as other weeks as well, but plenty to talk about as we gear towards the knockout stages of all the various championships. Yeah, no question. Um, it's a, a little reflection, obviously, on what happened in Intermediate and Junior and Nancy Murray over the weekend. But uh, yeah, it, it it's a bit strange, isn't it? That's a little bit of, what, what would you call it, downtime maybe in some cases when you think of everything cranking up that maybe Komogi has just taken a little bit of a rest and uh, is going to come on again. I, I, hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't spoil the spectacle that obviously will be remaining. But, uh, you know, of course, we still have another weekend out from retirement uh, turn of the senior championship uh, even though we have the relegation encounter this weekend but um, still obviously lots to talk about and think about I'm sure yeah, I think this downtime, the Camogie Association won't give it to us to get him where a finish going through uh, <laughs> our review so far. And that's what's happening here today. My seven Killian will be looking at our, our assessment of the year so far, not just necessarily on the field of play, but in regards um Camogie and how it's been promoted, structured and so forth as well. And for some talking points that have taken place, we're going to have the Kerry Camogie captain, Onyo O'Connor, with us, talking about their big victory against Leash last weekend. And as Killian mentioned, we will look ahead to some of those games of the weekend very briefly, including down against Offaly in the Senior Camogie Championship relegation. Uh, Killian, let's start with uh, Kerry and Leash. We'll hear from Anya during the break. You were at the game. We were building this up as the match of the week, a winner takes all. It was a winner takes all. Kerry took the spoils, Leash did not. Uh, unfortunately for Leash, it didn't happen. Fortunately for Kerry, it did. Yeah, very true. Um, Kerry came definitely with a purpose, there's no doubt about that, and uh, got off on a, on a good footing, although Leash got the opening score of the game, a very good score. Uh, but, you know, you'd have to credit Kerry were, how would I put it, they were... Um, Work woman like uh, Darren, there's no question. Uh, there was no way that Leash were going to catch them like they did in the rag last year, and uh, definitely had that purpose about them. And I mentioned that to John Desmond after after the game, and you know he he said the same that he felt that yeah, they definitely that was one of their purposes that weren't going to get caught again. And um, you know down in the rag that day they got a goal and they never really built on it too too much. This time they got goals and it just seemed to pick them on another little bit and really put the the kibosh. On, on, on leash you know I was writing in a report afterwards that goals win games yes and we hear that cliche and I use it and I've been guilty using it once or twice but the way they just popped up at the times that they did for Kerry were, were key in that you know, Leash were still with them toe-to-toe in the first seven, eight minutes. And then all of a sudden, the goal from Jackie Horgan, and it just got them out a gap. And Leash never really were able to eat into that, even though they just did have a penalty at halftime. It was expertly saved. And uh, even though, you know, the penalty by Amy Collier uh, was... Um, right down the middle and it probably if she'd aimed for the corner especially on AstroTurf that would have been a little bit damp you'd have to say Darren you know although the, it didn't seem that Dora got the rain that a lot of us in the rest of the country seemed to get on Saturday but um, it just was hit straight uh, down the neck and uh, of the goalkeeper and uh, it was it was easy enough clear and that you know John Desmond would I'm sure got them in and I, I was right over the leash dugout and the word was look we're still in this we're, we're playing you know maybe not as well as we should be but uh, you know we're still in touch here and the next thing straight from uh, a, a resulting free from the throw in uh, at the start of the second half Patrice Diggin hits in a long ball it, uh, at the aforementioned AstroTurf it hops off the AstroTurf and uh, after being missed by Claude Tynan and bounced into the back of the net and uh, that then was just game over. Leash just seemed to drop the heads completely after that. Um, I know they did have a goal chance very late on, but um, it just it looked really, really lethargic. And John Desmond said to me as well at the end of the game that he just feels that it's just not possible in Leash uh, to bring on this young team and work on this project if club continues to be something that works against them. And, you know, club action has continued in Leash while all this is going on. And, you know, he he has stated that there's been times, you know, that they haven't had the full complement to training or whatever because obviously club action is taking place. And that to me seems a little bit nonsensical and plays against each other. And uh, ultimately, good young Leash team there who to me, just probably haven't been able to develop now on what was achieved last year. That'll be something to look at again um, in regards to club activity. Like, is, was John suggesting um, 
Killian, that championship, is championship going ahead or just the clubs insisting and having their county players for league competitions? Yeah, just that the team's been insisting for league and uh, no question. I think there's even uh, a league final unleashed uh, this evening that a number of those players will be involved in, you know, so like that would that would just tell you they've gone out there and played on 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 uh, Saturday evening and I know there was uh, two of the girls on the team were involved with the minor team then that played the next day that won obviously and have qualified for an All-Ireland semi-final uh, but then having to go out and play uh, what seems to be a five memory servicing right a league final uh, on, on Tuesday evening you know so like that if that's happening Darren I, I can understand maybe a club match yeah maybe being penciled in wanting to get it played before the championship uh, after the, the, the county has exited the scene but apparently he was saying on occasion and uh, I, I can forward you on the interview as well but he was saying that it would seem to suggest that it was on occasion they weren't able to call on the on the full team because they were needed for club games or something We'll have to look at that again um, because it's an awful blow because basically Royal Ireland semi-finalists last year didn't really happen for them in 2021. And of course, Killian as well, talking with John Desmond, he has stepped down as the Leash Senior Camogie Manager. That's an announcement made on Tuesday morning. So uh, disappointed for himself, disappointment. Like I always thought John was a great person to deal with as well. He did great work with the team last year, but he won't be, as you said, bringing that team forward to 2022. And that's a pity. And I kind of, you know, and I always hate, you know, when managers come to a certain point in, the, in, in their time and their tenure, I knew that obviously John was there for two years and, uh, you know, I was just saying to him, I didn't want to kind of say to him, well, John, what, you know, is that it done and dusted? But I was kind of asking him, did he, did he think he'd be around to see the project on? And uh, he hemmed and hawed, but he kind of felt that that was the, the big thing, the club county kind of scenario. And, you know, maybe just not being able to develop on uh, last year. I think as well, you know, Darren, for a lot of managers and you'd feel for them and you think of Gerald Connell and, and Clare and whatever, the last two years have really just been, you know, so bitty and they probably haven't really got to be able to to stamp their their authority or stamp their their their, their coaching ability or whatever on teams and uh they've just decided that you know time is maybe now to walk away because i'd say psychologically you know john you think of john they're traveling up and down from cork and he could turn up and, and, and be in the field and there could be 12 players there or there could be, you know, there could be the full complement. I'm sure he was aware of it maybe before he arrived in whatever leash venue he was training in that evening and uh, knew who was going to be there, who wasn't, but still not an awful lot to maybe take on board and then throw COVID and everything else in on top of it. It's uh, disappointing for Leash and disappointing for John, but let's see how they bounce back in 2022. Is that club versus county? Certainly something that needs to be looked at. That was finished off that group. Derry won, Kerry two. Tipperary going to the relegation playoff. That's against Kildare uh, this coming Saturday in Ballinasloe at two o'clock. Kildare pretty much knew their fate already, Killian. They uh, were going to get, have a go against Antrim. It didn't happen. Antrim got the required victory. As tight as a group this was, and even like looking back at the predictions, even I predicted the two coming through, but that's not why I'm bringing up the point. It feels like a shock that Cork are out of this competition. Yeah, doesn't it? And, and, and even though, as you said, that we had predicted that it would be Kenny and Antrim that would come out of it. Um, yeah, to see, the, you know, a, a Cork second team to not emerge over group is is a, a strange one, all right. But I suppose in the context of it, Darren, you, you were looking at three uh, b- big teams, you know, when you look at what Antrim achieved last year. So one one was going to fall out there and it could have very well been either one of them uh, to some extent. But, um, you know, Antrim... Uh, you know, produce the goods, as I said, against Kildare. They're all were going to win against Kildare, so they probably banked on that. And then it was grabbing a win somewhere else. So Antrim bounced back. Yeah, Kildare, I think, gave them a run up until the water break or thereabouts, I think, in the first half. And then it just kind of uh, quickly but surely got away. You know, a Kildare team that maybe intermediate is just a bit of a stretch for them at the moment, Darren. And uh, maybe, you know, I'm not putting the, the kibosh on them, but, you know, maybe they will survive at intermediate level. But I do think they're a team that needs a little bit of experience and uh, you know maybe collectively now just to pull together that little bit over over the winter and see, have a right crack at 2022 all hoping that you know whatever um, scenario is with COVID and everything like that that you know leagues and championships are running a let's say a cleaner scenario next year that there's not it's not going to be all squashed that we know that the, the league will get underway in late February or whatever and, and, and we have a separate championship then and it's not all thrown on top of one another um, I do think that Kildare team needs that it, 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 will, it will be an experience and 
and it'll be a shame if they end up back down in the Premier Junior. I just feel there's a lot of young players there that maybe the intermediate is just a little bit of a step too high at the moment. Yeah, we'll be talking about Kildare and Tipperary in a bit as well, but Kildare out, Cork going out on scoring difference. Kilkenny top the group, Antrim comes second. The other game, Galway, Hammermead. We might as well call it what it is. I watched the game now, as you know yourself, and not because I'm a Galway man, Gillian, you know yourself, I pay very little um, thought into dead rubbers as well, but I have to give Galway their due. A couple of uncharacteristic misses from me just before halftime. Galway hitting in with two goals. on Keane, Alicia Broderick. They look very, very structured. I don't think we ever forgot that Galway were championship contenders in this competition. They certainly showed it. It'd be interesting to see if they can maintain it for the remaining games. Yeah, which are, of course, they made that All-Ireland final back in 2019 and were caught just on the line by Westmead. And look at Westmead, they've been able to get up and, and, and achieve it at senior level. So, you know, Galway obviously utilised this intermediate grade very, very well, in my opinion. Probably just slightly better than maybe some of the other uh, second counties, but seem to have a good run going there, Darren. There's no question about it. I would have fancied that game to be a little bit closer and maybe me just were happy with their lot I don't know I didn't get to see the game now I was surprised though at the margin of the victory and maybe Galway just putting down a marker for uh, later on the championship of course uh, Galway and Kilkenny now is the way things have worked out have got the let's say the buy into the semi-finals so they can sit back and see uh, who fights it out among each other then for the remaining uh, semi-final places but um, yeah that Galway team probably have put their hand up now to be considered uh, title contenders yeah, it was four points apiece coming up to the 23rd minute. Megan Tyne had forced a great save from Fiona Ryan to deflect it off the crossbar. Jane Dolan, just an uncharacteristic miss at the time as well. So Mead were very much into that game until the couple of goals and Galway just got the green flags in the second half. Look, if you take a football comparison, our man hammered Mayo and if Mayo are still in the football championship, I don't think we'll be ruling Mead out of their upcoming quarterfinal when we talk about it next week as well. But if they are the All-Ireland's finalists that we, you both you and me thought they were at the start of the year, they can't afford a performance like that again. No, they can't. And, and, and as I said if you want to be using something as a barometer to know where, where you're ultimately were going, obviously putting in a performance that, uh, you know, against Galway was going to be the thing, whether you won or not. And, uh, you know, whether it just got away from them and maybe they just, you know, psychologically knew that uh, once, you know, they, once they knew going into that game, obviously that they were true, maybe that that slipped in a little bit there, Darren. But yeah, like you know, they've got the bounce back now, practically straight away, and uh, be be ready for a big quarter final clash because, uh, as we know, at this stage now, there's nothing nothing too easy at this point. So we had fancied them and fancied them getting all the way. So you know, it's going to be it's going to be a big ask for them now to bounce back from that. Maybe we'll be proven wrong, but it has asked a couple of questions, no doubt. Two second teams are straight into the semi-finals, as you mentioned, Galway and Kilkenny. Kerry take on Antrim and me take on Derry in the quarterfinals. We'll be talking about those games next week. I like listening to Sports Dad because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Let's go to one of our talking points, Killian, and it's one we've both discussed on regular occasions, is promoting of the game. Like we take this intermediate draw, for example. <laughs> it was done behind closed doors again, but it's not that like I can I, I can live with that because we weren't out streaming or there is any facility like that. But nothing publicly announced. Like you were sending it to me, and and I was getting it from other people too. And I thought I was going to have to do like a league thing again, where I just put it out in sports stands. But due to work commitments, I didn't get around to doing it. Like you said at the st- top of the show, like you know we're having a bit of a gap thing here, but we can't be having a gap thing off the field, especially the simple things. Yeah, it's something that annoys me because just because the senior championship is not on, does that mean then that, you know, publicity is not due for those uh, teams that are in the other grades? Um, perfect opportunity. I still don't understand it, Darren. We're, we're in the uh, scenario that we're in that these things can't be done on social media in some way. Short little video, 45 seconds, 60 seconds. That's all it takes. Uh, it ultimately uh, recorded. I don't know if you want to do it over Zoom, you want to do it on on, on one of the social media handles or something like that and and, and just hit record and away you go. I I can't see why these things can't be done. But then it wasn't even put out in a message. And I'm not trying to knock anyone out that's in positions or anything like that. But to me, these are, if you're trying to promote the sport, these are the small little things that we probably are taking for granted in in other areas. But 
to me, they, they have to be done. If you want to stay at the top, um, and, 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 you know, we're, we're hearing at the moment that there's the, 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 the boxing club that Kelly Harrington is a member of, they, they can't keep the phone uh, answered because there's so many people, girls trying to get into the club now. And, uh, you know, they're going to seize a certain amount, I would imagine, you know, uh, membership grow in the next uh, few weeks. And, you know, Komogi is obviously going to be promoted in a good way over the next few weeks as well, all the way to the final. But you just can't be missing opportunities where your own draw is taking place that you don't publicize it. Like that to me is just, it's baffling. I, I, I can't understand it, how I was able to pick up the draw off one of the other counties' Twitter accounts and obviously send it on to you. And they were only hearing it kind of secondhand or whatever. Like, I know I've, we've had this discussion before. Apparently, the message is there. All the counties will have to be informed before the draw would ultimately be officially released. I, I think that's... But your that argument defeats itself because we've done senior draws live at this stage now yeah. as well. So, you know, when that was put out to us back in the league, you know, that's that's bull. And I've no problem using that term. That's bull because, like, at the end of the day, we're talking about a gap week here. You just mentioned Kelly Harrington and sure with the Irish Roars as well, that uh, the fours, they got the bronze medals, you know. So, like, there's no doubt a lot of girls are going to be looking at rowing as well. Footballers streaming matches, you know. And Gamogi, you sit back here. Yes, there was a, a wrap-up piece. Yes, there was two matches streamed. There were two dead rubbers that were streamed, though. Like, Camogie needs, and I understand money can be tight at the moment and all that, but it does still have to be proactive. This all comes back to then that why we're in the situation that maybe money is tight is because we've no key sponsor. And that, that's what's ultimately the, the standout here. But that doesn't take from the fact that you couldn't have a 45-second video yeah, on your cost no money. social media. Cost no money. Someone holding a phone, whoever was doing the draw, standing in front of it, whether that's your Uchtaron or whether it's uh, whoever in the, on, on, on the fixtures uh, crew in, in Crow Park, and just do the draw. Or not uh, just that as well, Killian. Like the ideal thing would have to do it in Ratote. There was a video crew there anyway. It wouldn't have cost any money because they would jump at the chance of getting the views for doing the draw. And have yep. it all set up in Ratote after Galway against Mead. So you write same thing as, as what we did in Simple Stadium the previous week with the seniors. Have the draw done, whether a Luke Drawn or whoever's there representing the Kamoki Association. Have the draw live, tie in the minors as well. The results would have been in at that stage too. And bang, get them out and about. And, you know, we'd all be talking Sunday night about, oh, Gina, I can't wait for Mead against Derry or for Kerry against Antrim or the various different pairings like Limerick at home against Kenny and Minor comes to mind. Like, you know, instead, people were frustrated. Sunday night kind of going what's going on with the Camogie draws when's it taking place and then it doesn't even come out officially on the Monday yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely something. And and, and look, I, I know you and I are involved in the streaming coverage or whatever, and we're, we're, we're very, very glad to be able to be involved and, and promote the sport. But it, it's not going to stop me being critical where I think the things can be better. There's no there's no question about that. Um, I, I just I, I'm very conscious of the fact that people have probably been put into the position in an effort to try and, I don't know, I, I, for want of a better term, fill the gap. And that's not casting aspersions on any of the people that are in there because there are people in those positions doing very, very well. But I'm just not sure whether the experience is what is required, if you understand me, to be able to run the social media communicative element uh, of, of, of the sport. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'd be proven wrong. But I, I just feel that you're, you're, you're having a championship draw if you were in any county in Ireland and their championship draws were taking place, they would more than likely be having text at least on their Twitter account. Like, I, I just don't understand it. For a national organization, I just don't understand it. Now, I appreciate we're in the time of the year when there's holidays taking place and there's people away and you have to factor that in because at the end of the day, a number of these people are volunteers, but there are a number of people in paid positions as well. Why can't this be done? I don't understand it. Now, maybe, maybe we're coming from the point, Darren, where we're, two of us now are around long enough in the media game and whatever, and, and, and we see these things happening. But I, I just, it, it, to me, what was going to be 45, sec 60 seconds and, and, and to get that done and have it up on social media at nine o'clock Sunday night or whenever, eight o'clock, 10 o'clock Monday morning or whatever time the draw was being done. I just don't understand it. No, and the thing is, as well, is 
It doesn't cost any money. It's very, very simple to do. And we have a positive talking point as well. But even as you mentioned, and plaudits to the website was well updated this week. I'll give that. It doesn't always happen. So the results were going up on the website, but they weren't going up in social media. Like, here's the thing. You tweeted the results of Kerry and Leash. That was retweeted by the Camogie Association. I think there was one or two other intermediate matches that the same thing was done. That was three games out of seven that took place. But what it's a major bugbear of mine, Nancy Murray Cup. How many times have I said it, Killian, this year talking about the Nancy Murray Cup? Does anybody know through the Camogie Association or through Camogie Way, Bar Wicklow, that Wicklow played loud at the weekend and won four fifteen to three points? A massive result for them. Not not too many, I would imagine. And, and uh, you know that that just goes to show you that is is an eye off the ball. I don't know. Now look, Darren, maybe there's a responsibility in in the situation that that, that maybe the Camogie Association find themselves in. Right, where budgets and everything like that are, are are a scenario. To me, if obviously there's a position where somebody is the communications officer, or there's someone, you know, the the promotions officer, or whatever it might be, and they're in a paid position, surely, you know, their 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 job has to factor in this this kind of work. I I, I don't know. Like I, the job description, I would imagine it has to fall in. Now, you can't make yourself eight. 10 of yourself, right? So you're relying then on obviously the counties to help you out and and get updates of scores and whatever. Or you're sitting watching the uh, social media outlet and you're trying to put those scores together. Now, as I said to you, holidays may be a factor. People are away and they're entitled obviously to do that. But there's something has to be put in place that whoever then is controlling the Camogie Association's accounts, social media-wise or whatever, over a weekend of maybe whoever is away that would have the sole responsibility of that or whatever, that somebody is 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 filling the gap, they, you know, like you, it just can't be. Oh, I have to go search for this result, and where do I go? And I have to keep searching, trawling the internet, looking for the looking for the the the. the, well, the thing the, is, the Killian, that shouldn't be happening. Isn't no, it? Very, very simple thing I'll say here. What you call it? Like we're both voluntary here in Sports Stars at the moment. Sports Stars hasn't turned into a big thing yet as well. It just begin in Sports Stars. And like I had a tent wedding anniversary to go to on a Saturday. I, I, I went to a, a match on a Sunday. We got all this, this stuff out, not the draws. We had all the results out across the various things, got them out as well, plus the wraps as well. Like, you know, if we can do it, the paid staff in the Camogie Association should be able to do it or delegate the work and have an out because if they don't do it, people forget about Camogie, they look at football, they look at boxing, they look at other things, and that's where you lose out. Absolutely, and and you're in the game now with social media. That if you if you're peppering things along on social media and you're bouncing up on people's uh, very social media accounts, down you know that, that you know you're keeping trending or you're keeping uh, high up in searches or whatever like that. It obviously bodes well for you. People are going, oh oh, oh I don't know anything about this. Let me have a look at it. Whereas. At the moment, if I would imagine if you did a Google search uh, through the sports, Komogi is fallen, you know, is a good bit down the page because I would imagine the you know names like Kelly Harrington or Paula Donovan or Finta McCarthy or, or 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 Brendan Irvine or any of these that went to the Olympics and then the individual sports they they're on top. You have the Premier League starting back and you know you have the 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 the, the various different competitions then within uh, the the hurling and, and and Gaelic football. You know all those kind of scenarios obviously are are, are forcing Camogie then down along the page. And to me, you've got to keep then your if you're not. You know, and there was a, a decision obviously made last weekend, whether budget constraints or whatever. There was no official Camogie Association stream of a game. It was all down to the individual counties, the two, one or two that did it. You've got then to use the avenues of the social media outlets that you have and a simple results roundup or whatever it might be that you were able to put up on your website, to me, wouldn't take a whole lot to be able to be put out at halftime or at full time in the matches on Saturday or Sunday. And then follow that then with the draw. Here's here's the draw we did earlier. Uh, here's Hilda Breslin and, and the draw for the Intermediate Championship. There you go. Mine are done, and I have no doubt. I think it was MQ Video uh, that were doing the going meet game. They would have jumped at the opportunity to do that live as well. I don't think it would have cost a penny to do that too. Um, before we, we move on, just mention that Wicklow victory against Loud, well done to themselves, because both teams into the semi-finals. We've talked about the structure of that competition already, but I had to get it from Sean Fleming, the Wicklow manager, who will be on the show next week, uh, the dates for the Nancy Murray Cup, because of oh, else. God. So we have the 21st, the weekend of the 21st of August for the semi-finals. We can 
18th of the 28th of August for the finals. Now, Tyrone played Donegal on Wednesday night of this week. Yes, that'll happen before the show goes out. Mayo play Tyrone next week. So we might be able to have a more um, concentrated conversation about the Nancy Murray Cup next week, unfortunately. But this is a competition that we shouldn't have to be looking for the information. But uh, credit to the counties, they are getting it into us. Quick one, Killian, on sponsors. We've talked before, this is obviously a big issue here, whether it's been said officially or not. And uh, we know the Camogie Association want to make sure to get the right person in. They should have been doing this a year ago. You can make that argument. You can also make the argument, which I have on the show here before too, that that was one of the reasons behind the, the thought of putting the championship back to later in the year, back when when the inter-county players said no. What's your thought on this? And like, is this... Is this just unfortunate based on the circumstances with COVID and all that, or was this a massive own goal? I think a bit of both, if I'm perfectly honest, because um, you knew, I knew that the previous sponsors of the competition were not going to be involved this year. And that was known, you know, I would say autumn time last year, just before even the the, the conclusion of of the championship. So, you well know within within the game, maybe people out there don't know, but like uh, sp- sponsorship proposals or whatever need to happen before January then of the of the following year. So that to me was maybe a scenario. Maybe you know, obviously the the, the Camogie finals taking place in December and the run up to Christmas and everything like that. Maybe it was put on the back burner and then it was just part. I don't know. I, I'd love to be able to crack heads on, on this and have a conversation with somebody within Crow Park to be able to tell me what went on here. But to me, it's a missed opportunity. A year gone. And uh, I really hope, now I do know from obviously it has been it has been said by the Ugtaran that they are trying to get a sponsor in place that would be looking at three to five years. Now they understand that obviously within the COVID scenario that that is difficult in talking to certain sponsors. But Darren, there are certain sponsors out there in the field at the moment, in the sporting field, who have all of a sudden come to light in the last maybe year and and a half because of COVID or because they're a new company or whatever, their, their profits are not waning, let's say. You know, they're a company that has started and is starting to grow and grow and grow. And there's an opportunity maybe to jump on board here with something rather than you thinking of going for somebody, the mainstays, like one of the financial institutions or something like that. Like there's a chance here to think outside the box with, with a kind of a sponsor who might be tied into women's sport in some way that would be interested, that might have a, I don't know, a technology that could be used in women's sport or whatever. And COVID hasn't had an impact on them, if you understand understand me because you know the, 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 some of the companies that I've seen on a technological base you know they've grown because why because people are at home and they're getting you know say I don't know a watch or whatever that they're now using for their runs because they're at home and they're and they're doing their fitness uh, you know at home or they're doing it outside you're know, going for these 5k runs or whatever it might be why isn't some company like that tapped into one of those companies has a major HQ in Dublin you know like to me, these these companies need to be spoken to. And I've also, by the way, Darren, I don't want to mention anyone, but they've, they've employed people that um, would have knowledge of the Camogie Association. To me, they're people that you need to be knocking on the door and sitting down with. That's that, that I like. There's no point sitting back hoping that they come knocking, uh, knocking to you. That's that's not going to happen. Now, look, I don't want to be critical because we don't know what's going on. I would imagine it is something that, you know. Ukron and, and 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 others in Crow Park are trying to get sorted. Like I don't think they can go into next year minus a championship sponsor again. Like that would just be to me would be putting them on a serious back foot because they have a sponsor of the leagues that actually really helps them on a promotional level, really, really helps them. Has an ad campaign there that runs very, very well around the time that they, they that they involve with the leagues. Maybe there should be an invitation put. Are they going to? Would they look to follow it on? Now they're obviously involved within the hurling championship, so maybe not. But there's an opportunity there to talk, I think, to others, Darren. And uh, maybe that is happening. But I do think using COVID now is an excuse. There are certain companies who are doing quite well through COVID and 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 in the current situation. And you know, I think they all all like all scenarios have to be explored because. When you even see some of these companies using Camogie players as brand ambassadors, well, then to me, Darren, you know, these people need to be spoken to. 
Oh, most certainly as well. And like we will, of course, acknowledge Hilda Breslin's in her first year as well. So, you know, we're not pointing the finger at Dutra on this one. In Absolutely fairness, not. I think yeah. she's right saying three to five years. And I, I was at that press conference the day when she said it. And uh, some journalists jumped in the bandwagon to make a big deal about the sponsor. Like for me, it wasn't news. But in fairness to Dutra at the time, she spoke properly about it. This is, should have been dealt with before by other people. Um, because like uh, before we leave it, it has never been officially said, but would they have been in a better position if the original calendar idea came out and the championships didn't take place till the winter? There's a, there's a feeling, people involved with this, that you know they would have had more of a window because they weren't going up against hurling football and, and ladies football. But I don't know, they're going up against other sports in inclement time of the year as well. What's your thoughts on that? I actually could see Murs in... Hilda Resident's plan. I actually couldn't. I think we argued the toss here with it, Darren, a few months back now at this stage um, because the Olympics, the European Championships and, you know, the, the, whatever else was going to come along. Like, you look at... Uh, Camogie suffers enough in the summer going up against hurling uh, men's football and ladies' football as it is. But you throw the European Championships, the, the Olympics and, and, and the Paralympics and everything like that into, into the vein and you're fighting then for column inches. And there might have been... Might have been, but people didn't see that. And, uh, you know, you've got... Well, in fairness now, it was mainly about player welfare. Like, you Oh, know, yeah, no, 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 listen, but, listen. But, you, but, I, but, yeah. you, but you're right in the point you're making. There, there was going to be more competition anyway. And hence, the important thing is that they be doing the simple things right to make sure that you're giving people reason to look at the product, which, as we touched on already, that's not happening as often as it should be. Yeah, well, like, it, you know, the scenario would have been that obviously when it came then, if you were operating that championship in October or whatever, you know, there was there was maybe TV time there that could have been easily garnered. And now you have a scenario where, you know, I, I'm thinking of the 21st of October was penciled in uh, the quarterfinals down in Parky Cueve. I think they have a five o'clock and a quarter to seven throw in all talked about with regards to TV time. Now, all of a sudden, you could have the Kerry and Tyrone uh, All-Ireland semi-final up against that. And 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 could that could that spell the death knell for their TV? coverage I don't know but like it's definitely all of a sudden going to put maybe a bit of pressure on because I'd imagine Kerry and Tyrone are going to look for a prime slot you know I don't think they'll want a two o'clock throw in maybe they will maybe they'll be quite happy with that and the Kerry lads might want to get home early or something I don't know and it might work out then but it's definitely then puts that little bit of coverage um, under pressure I'm not saying it's in question but you know it would put it under pressure so you know like there could have been merit Darren there could have been merit but I understand you know the player welfare and all that is, is, is the most important thing but I just think it may not have been both plans may not have been looked at to a wide extent if you understand me I think it was driven by one group and that one group won and then disappeared off the scene when then the, the club player needed to be looked at the following week. And, uh, you know, I have my issues with our players association in this country anyway, the way the way that it, it can jump on certain bandwagons when it needs to, but when it's maybe needed the most, it's uh, nowhere to be seen. We're going to take up that point again in the second half of the show, Killing, because I'm just conscious of the time there as well. So I want to take a break at the moment. And as mentioned at the top of the show, Kerry beats Leash by 211 to 5 points to qualify for the quarterfinals of the All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Championship. And during the week, I got a chance to catch up with their captain, Onyo O'Connor. We talked about Kerry's year so far, that victory against Leash and the challenge that awaits them in the quarterfinal against Antrim. I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to... Ladies football and ladies camogie. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by the Kerry senior camogie captain, Anya O'Connor, as we look back at their victory against Leash last week and ahead to a championship quarterfinal against Antrim. And first, Anya, thanks a million for joining us here in Sports Stars Camogie. Congratulations on the win against Leash. Thanks very much, Sharon, um, for speaking to me um, today. Um, we're delighted, obviously, with the win against Leash. Um, we knew it was a must-win match, and um, thankfully now we've uh, secured our place in the quarter-final in two weeks' time, so we're very much uh, looking forward to that now. It was a game we were really looking forward to. We previewed it in last week's show as well. Of course, the history of last year's All-Ireland quarter-final. Both of you had picked up big wins against Tipperary, suffered bad days against Derry. So they, like, it definitely felt like a championship knockout match. Yeah, definitely had a championship vibe about us. Um, we knew it was a must win and we, ourselves and each, we um, history there from last year's championship. Um, we both, um, we beat Tipperary in our in our um, championship games and yeah, Derry obviously were very strong um, in our group as well, but 
uh, this game was crucial for us. Um, we knew we had to get the win and um, definitely we performed on the day. Um, it was a very close match um, up to the end of, up to the start of the second half. Um, Leash definitely stuck with us, but um, just a determination in our girls um, there on Saturday. Um, we put the heads down and just the experience definitely shone true for us today with our goalie Aoife Fitzgerald the save penalty and then the likes of Patrice Diggins with his scores from play and the freeze and then Jackie Horgan obviously the goal was crucial for us on the day and um, it really gave us that edge um, to drive on and um, definitely um, get the win on Saturday. You mentioned determination as well and I was talking to your manager Ian Brick after the opening day against Tipperary but of course the Derry game look it's, it's a game it just didn't happen but it certainly would have um probably say cause an awful lot of question marks among yourselves was there that was that kind of pressure feeding the determination in the week leading up to the leash match yeah, the dairy match definitely had its part to play and um, we were disappointed with how we performed on the day. We obviously regrouped after the game and we analysed our performance. Um, but we knew we had a point to prove to ourselves on the day against Leash. Um, we weren't happy with the dairy performance, so everyone wanted to step up to the mark and um, put their hand up and um, show that they can perform. So I suppose there was hurt there from the dairy match as well. And we knew that the Leash game, you know, it was a very important game for us to get back on track. Um, so definitely, yeah, I think the dairy match had a lot to do with it as well. Of course, a strong start's important, but as you mentioned there on you too, like Leash stuck with you for a long way in that game as well. And like, you knew that to expect from last year. How much does last year's quarterfinal defeat? Because I've no doubt that the target for Kerry this year was to make a knockout stages at the very least. How much does last year's quarterfinal defeat motivate you or does it even become a factor at all? Um, personally, I think it was a, a major factor for us. Um, we, like last year, as you can remember, um, we were uh, with Leash up to the very last minute of normal time and it was just the extra time and the tiredness in the legs that caught us that day um, and obviously weather conditions as well. But like the last year's game had a lot to play in it. We we wanted to prove to ourselves um, that we could beat Leash. We thought we left it behind us uh, the year before and obviously we set out our, our targets for this year and we wanted to reach, uh, get back to where we were last year. So an All-Ireland quarter final, and that's where we are now. And we'd love to go one step further even this year. So um, that was definitely a motivation factor for us. And you are back there as well. We'll talk briefly about Antrim before we finish up. Jackie Horgan, uh, again, another big goal in the championship for her. She really is leading that attack. Yeah, Jackie, she's been superb for us all year. Um that goal, it was crucial for us on the day. It really gave us that um, momentum and um, just that push that we needed to drive on in that game. Um, it gave us that nice little lead kind of going into the first um, even water break that goal came for then. So um, I think we were, it was a two points up. So, you know, Jackie definitely settled the team and like she's been brilliant all year um, with her displays up in the fourth. So Jackie, like her experience, um, she's definitely um, bringing along all the girls like even the forwards um, the new forwards that have come in the likes of Quiva Spillan and Amy O'Sullivan like Jackie the experience heading there now is kind of bringing those girls along as well so she's a crucial figure right in our attack and there's a good forward six as well but of course it must be a bit of a internal rivalry as well because well Jackie scored 1-3 and Anne-Marie Lean got on the scoreboard as well there's a couple of wing backs to play for Kerry that still uh, contribute to the scoreboard as well I think yourself and Patrice shared 1-5 between you yeah, um, we both scored there from play um, in that match. And Joe's you know, it's great when you see backs coming up and getting their score as well. It puts the pressure on like, even the leash forwards that day, that it wasn't just the forwards that had to score for them. They didn't have to defend as well. So I suppose um, it's great when you do see the backs uh, contributing as well, because like, our backs are, they have a lot to give like in this team as well. Um, so yeah, like Patrice, um, every game, like she's very consistent. Um keeping the score we're taking over. So yeah, it was um that was very important on the day. And it just showed like our determination on the day that we weren't gonna uh, go down without a fight. Um uh, kept driving it forward and even like the backs as well in as a whole as a unit, like they're hooking, they're blocking, um, bring the ball out. There was you know we weren't letting a goal in on the day. So um it was very evident that we we wanted to push on and get that uh, quarter final place. 
And Yara Group, like you've mentioned about Amy and Quiva coming into the setup, and there's always changes every year. But Yara kind of, a, you've always been a tight group, Kerry, as you've come up the ladder the last couple of years. And of course, we'll never forget Crow Park in 2019. But as I mentioned about yourself and Patrice on you getting the scores from wing back, of course, Eva Behan and Kate Lynch uh, regularly on the scoreboard as well, midfield. Are you encouraged to express yourselves as a group in the field? Yeah, um, like we're a very close-knit group. All these girls have been playing together since underage, going back to nearly under 14. And this team has been building and building throughout the years. Um, a lot of us play together with Clan Mars and we have had like other girls come in from Clarion and causing Kearney. And just like even the competition now on the panel, um, like no one's position is safe anymore. Like everyone has to uh, really perform at training, not just at matches now. Um, so like that's like, you know, with the younger girls coming in, it's definitely kept us like more experienced players on our toes. Um, and, you know, like um, Croke Park back in 2019, obviously definitely um, brought us up another level. And this is our second year now, an intermediate level. Um, so you know, we just keep building now and just like everyone's giving it their all and just the competition for places now is definitely what's um, driving us forward as well. If I can ask a question about the season in general on you, of course, as you mentioned, your second year in intermediate and Kerry have established themselves in the second tier. Now, very unlucky not to make a league semi-final. You'd have to admit, just losing out in scoring difference, but you added the Munster Junior title to that. You've qualified for the knockout stages. Like I know there's still a bit of business to do, but um, as captain of the team as well, a great honour for yourself. But are you looking to 2021 so far in a positive light? Yeah, we're very happy with how our season has um, progressed so far in 2021. Um, obviously, we were delighted with our display in the National League, um, having defeated Galway in our opening game and Tipperary then in our third game. And we were like, it did hurt to miss out on the the business end of the league um, base. I think it was score difference. Um, so then we Joey regrouped again and the Munster uh, junior competition came at a great time for us. It was um, three big games to challenge us prepare then leading into the championship and it was lovely to get the cup in the Munster junior competition um, just before we did enter championship. It gave us that momentum and that winning feeling to drive on and um, really give the championship a good go and um, that's what we have done so far. Um, our opening game against Tipperary, we you know, we proved that we we definitely are competing at this level. It wasn't just a once-off win, I suppose, against Tipperary. We, you know, we showed that we could um, take it on again. And then, obviously, Derry, I suppose, was a major disappointing um, factor for us. So then to get the win against Leash now was um, just put us right back on track again. And now, like I suppose, Antrim's a huge task for us. Um, we're very much aware that they got to the All-Ireland Intermediate Final against Down last year and they gave, they were very competitive in that match as well. And um, having looked at the results as well, like we saw that they beat, um, was it Kilkenny? And they gave Kildare um, a heavy enough um, beating as well. So, it is going to be a huge challenge for us um, against Antrim, um, but we're we're looking forward to the challenge and like we will we'll train hard for the next two weeks and like who knows what can happen on a on a big day like that. Like we're very eager to get to an All Ireland um, semi final and as is Antrim, so we're very much looking forward to it. And that kind of brings me to the final question too, which we touched on what you said as well. Of course, it is Antrim. They came into the start of this championship as favourites as well. It's a big task as well, but the task that the team will relish. And you mentioned the Derry game as well, which no doubt you'll go back to the hurt from that game and the lessons learned to help in that preparation ahead of the game against Antrim. It is a very big game for us now. Like Antrim, yeah, they would be, um, have been one of the favourites coming into this competition. And like, like there is was is going to be a big motivating factor for us like um to drive us on for that game because we can't you know just rest on um having a big performance against Leash like we have to put it back to back now and Antrim are going to be well up for this match too and like they'll have their eyes set on an All Ireland final probably so it's going to be a big big day for either team and um I suppose all in the day who can um deal with the pressure and who can um who can drive it on and. Who knows what could happen on a big day, I suppose. Um, but I'd say like it could be a very close game. Um, Antrim would be, I suppose, slightly favourites going into it. But like we, as you can see, like throughout our games, like we don't, um, we don't really analyse that. And we have shown that we we can compete with the bigger teams in this competition now. So we won't fear the challenge. And 
like obviously hopefully on the day we we can do it so like it would be great to get to an All-Ireland semi-final and to go one step further this year and that was the Kerry Camogie captain Anya O'Connor after their victory against Leash and of course Kerry back in the quarterfinals of the championship where they were last year Killian, going back to what we were talking about before the break, and even touching on what you were saying about Leash earlier on, it's like this club versus county thing is not going away. Some counties have managed to get on and do it, and have run vibrant competitions, but a lot of counties are still struggling to get that balance right. Yeah, well, again, it comes down to structurally, Darren, and, um, you know, they're knocking the heads together. I, I, I wonder how strong the whole idea of, of, of doing well at county level is within some counties. Um, once they have the club up and running and whatever, they don't want anything else to be uh, getting in the way. And that, look, we see that in the men's game. There are certain hurling counties that struggle along with having, um, you know, making demands or whatever for players to play at county level. And and then you have, you know, I'm just thinking of Tipperary that's uh, broken up into all the regions and everything. And and uh, there can be matches on a day or two before maybe, um, you know, I would have heard over the years where, let's say, for example, the football team would have struggled to get guys because maybe there was a, a divisional hurling game on the night before or something like that. And that that's a massive struggle so it happens in the men's game so imagine what it's like within Camogie's set up and you, you know John Desmond alluded to it that obviously there was a club versus county uh, uh, scenario there that uh, not being able to maybe call on some players I'm wondering did, did that mean and you probably have to dig a bit deeper did that mean that there were certain players maybe didn't make themselves available because of that or was it just that you know training sessions were hard to organize in in, in that the collective were all there, that the full panel was there on every occasion. I understand, obviously, when you have players who are playing across maybe a couple of different panels, that's fair enough, and he probably obviously allows for that. But when it's coming then to the club that, you know, there's a club, uh, we, we've club league or club chal- uh, championship on tonight, uh, we have to move training from tonight because, you know, the match is on tomorrow night or whatever. And it just, that must be head-wrecking alone. And, uh, you know, where does that start? It obviously has to start with leadership from the top at Crow Park level and, um, you know, be putting, getting, encouraging people to be in charge at, at, at county level that are able to marry the two, you know. But I, I would imagine that they want to run competition and they want to run them at the, at the best time of the year and the best pitches, Darren. So, you know, my sympathy goes out to obviously county boards as well and being trying to be able to do that. But, um, you know, for the growth of the game and, and, and whatever... You know, there's certain counties doing it quite well, and then there's others who are not so much. But um, I, it's not without trying, maybe in one or two places. But definitely, there there there, there seems to be head in the sand in some other places. Yeah, like that's, that's like calling when when the whole fight happened over. And I agree with you completely. The GPA could have stepped up a bit more, especially with the club side of things at the time as well. It was always a divisive issue. It was very very narrow the vote. And I think only 63% of the clubs actually voted on it or 62% or something like that. So the no vote actually beats the vote of the winners in that vote anyway. I I think the issues like this were is going to surface up in 2021, but it's very, very important now that people reflect on this in 2022 and get a calendar in place. And we're not going to have time to go through a full calendar in this show, but I've no doubt we will do it at some stage too, because for me personally, it doesn't, and I know there's a lot of factors that have to be taken into account and a lot of blocks in the way, but it doesn't have to be as hard as some people are making it. And I think some counties are showing that at the moment, but a club versus county battles are not benefiting the game for anyone in the county. And counties that are going to get themselves into that slugfest over a period of time are not going to progress. And and you can see maybe the the remnants of that happening in, in certain places that, you know, the, Thinking of the county that I'm in at the moment, you know that they they this they fell back there over a number of years because of the scenario that maybe structures weren't put in place, weren't followed upon when the county was being successful, and that then had an impact ultimately on um, players committing to the county scene. And, you know, trying to encourage those at club level to maybe uh, bring themselves forward to county level, you know, like. Darren, it's all about the quality of people that are running organizations. And that happens both at the top level and at county level. And, you know, if, if you have a progressive kind of thought process uh, put in place within a county and uh, it works for them, well, you know, it's, it, it's like a well-oiled machine. Then it just keeps ticking along, rolling along, rolling along. And you see it within the Kilkenny's, the Corks, the Galway's um, and the Tipperary's. 
right? Then within maybe other counties, yeah, there's good structures in place and it, it's probably a project that's in line. I'm thinking of the likes of maybe Clare that seem to have, you know, on an administrative level seem to be quite strong, quite good. And, uh, you know, for them then, if they're putting plans in place and they have good underage structures set up or whatever come along, you'd like to see them get success at some point in, in the adult structure so that it, it, it means, yeah, we're doing things right here. But then you go down along the line and you see counties not showing for matches, they enter competition, the, the, the interest wears off, county, you know, given cancellations in games, given walkovers in games. That, like, that shouldn't be happening at county level. It's bad enough, obviously, to see it at club level, but it, it, it obviously within COVID scenario and everything like that, I know it, it, it's a bit different this year, but I think going forward, I'm hoping Camogie has a, a, a bit of review, a bit of look at things. And, you know, I would think Definitely one of Hilda Breslin's strong points would be the whole structure of a calendar and fixtures. I think she had an idea for last year, it was or this year, that was worth considering. I think the whole vote and everything like that, the way that was done, just got messy. And I think if Hilda maybe had another few weeks, Darren, to be able to present it, it might have been enough to be able for people to reflect on it in some way. I just think once you got a, a scenario where it went public and the media was heavily involved and the GPA was involved and so forth, um, things got out of hand there and maybe an opportunity to sit down and reflect on the plan didn't take place. So you would be hoping that those measures are being put in place. And I would imagine knowing Hilda, she would be having that in place and it's all about then getting it through to the counties and obviously the provincial councils and whatever uh, to try and put that in place for 2022. No doubt it's a debate that's going to come up again and like, as we've mentioned already, Hilda Breslin was only coming into the role so she can't really be blamed for people sitting on their backsides back in January not dealing with the, with, with the issue initially when there was um, negative feedback to the original calendar that came out as well because it was obvious from the start that splitting the league and championship too far away, the inter-county players are not going to like and it's about marrying the two systems together. I think it can easily be done and I'd love we more time in this show to talk about it but I think we definitely will do that, Killian, um, before the end of the championship or straight afterwards too because if the split season survives, all right, and I am saying if the split season survives because we don't know what way this is going to go, things are going to be brought forward at least a month next year, you would imagine. We're going to have all Ireland finals done in August. Most of the counties are going to be wrapped up in July before the traditional builders' holidays at the end of July. That's a vibrant club calendar can be done and be done much better. The backlog of club matches with 2020 and 2021 could be out of the way as well, you know. And there's, there's areas to go there as well. And I, I've always said I understood where the clubs were coming from when it came out, but that was the problem is that more dialogue should have taken place before anything came out in the first place. As you touched on there, between social media now and media in general, things come out much, much quicker than they're meant to be. It happens across many sports. Yeah, but I'm going to say something to you there now as well. The dialogue might happen, Darren, but it's the interest then in the dialogue that sometimes is a problem. And you know that within the lady sports uh, scenario that these things are delivered at meetings and the people that ultimately make decisions are not even listen to them, haven't even read the document, weren't even there, have their agenda, decide, nah, not going to vote for that. I don't, you know, I have my interests, I have my concern. And that's the problem. And that's across the board, going to club, county, provincial level, and I imagine all the way to the top. You know, like it's it, it's a long road and this kind of structural reviews and fixtures and calendars and everything like that without about, you know, we're just not about promoting the game as, as one problem. Like that to me is a major headache. And to try as a president or the, 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 the administrative department in Crow Park to try and get uh, provincial councils to move counties along that then maybe to get clubs to see the scenario. That is tough. Like to me, when it came down to the vote, Darren, what was it? 63% was all that voted. 62, I think actually now off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like no vote was bigger than the winning vote. Yeah. So where, where was the, where was the other 38%? Like that to me then as counties, actually we don't care. It doesn't matter. We're not we're not bothered by it. But the players might have been bothered by it. But what does that tell then to the players that maybe their their chairperson or whatever didn't feel that it was worth bringing maybe to the to to, to any great kind of thought or process or have a meeting about it or call an EGM or whatever you want to call it and and have a serious discussion about it and just just goes to tell you sometimes you know that again sitting on the on on their hands and uh, just take from it what they want like. You just wonder sometimes, are there clubs or counties out there that want success? 
you know, would it, would it be more stressful to have success than uh, just for the mundane to keep rolling, rolling along, you know? And like, that's why I, I would be enthused by when you see a little bit of rejuvenation or regeneration within, uh, you know, Limerick after a few years, Clare after a few years, Wexford after a few years. And then, you know, you see the likes of the emergence of Cavan and Tyrone and so forth. You know, the, those counties are obviously, you know, structurally in, in quite a good place. Now it's all about delivering it on, on, on the field of play. And I think if the players feel that obviously they're being supported, that will happen. And their club scenes, I would imagine, are run fairly well then if they have that good structure. There would be, though, you'd have to have a few question marks, though, about some of the others. And and, and that even goes for ones that are turning up on a regular basis and, and winning their, their, maybe winning the odd game here or there. But like, I go back to my own home county. Like that shouldn't be happening. There shouldn't be a scenario where, you know, you have a county set up to get to an All-Ireland uh, semi-final last year and then there's a, a, a situation where the manager finds himself debating about are players going to be there tonight or is there a club match on? or like That, to me, shouldn't be happening. Before, and like as we mentioned regards calendar and championship structures, and Seven Killian had a great conversation last week off-air. <laughs> um, but we just don't have time to go through it now because the clock is getting the better of us, so we will do it. I've been putting a piece together. I know Killian's been putting some things together as well, so we'll try and marry the two and we'll have a show. Team, what way we think Kamogi can go forward uh, near the end of the championship or straight after it as well. Killian, before we, we leave it, just going back to that point as well, a conversation is going to take place at some stage at the end of the year regarding clubs, inter-county, camogie um, fixtures going forward. My feeling on it is that invite GPA camogie representatives in as a consultation purpose, give the feedback, get the feedback in before making the decision. Would it be fair to say that if that had been done beforehand, a lot of the division that's currently taking place could have been less but has that not been done, Darren? No, that's the problem. You see, consultation is not taking place, and that's what the militant way started off. Yeah, know. but uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm just I, saying that, like, before any fixtures or calendars are put out again, they mm. just have a consultation. They don't, you don't give them a choice to make the decision, but you should consult with them because that's what was happening. Is calendars were coming out, and the conversations were not taking place with the players. And I'm not saying that that's you should allow the intercounty players to dictate what happens, but you need to get their feedback. Yeah, and, that, look, and, and, that, I, and that's and that's what didn't happen. Yeah, but the problem I would have, Darren, in a way, no, and and I I have no problem with that point and consultation and whatever. But there are administrators who are elected to roles who are supposed to represent the, the thoughts of the county, who surely know how their players feel. So if you're the Galway representative or you're the Galway chairman, you're going to provincial level, and then that's being brought on to to Crow Park or whatever. Surely you have gone and canvassed the players, and you have the vibe or the idea before you give your own personal opinion. You would think in a successful county that that's happening. If it's not, well, then the players should be, I, I think, not taking it out with Crow Park, but taking it out with whoever's on the administrative level within their county. Now, I've just mentioned one county. I'm not saying that's happening in Galway. It could be anywhere. I do think that the, the representatives, I, I, the players at the end of the day, Darren, have to go out and play the game. If the fixtures are on on a Monday night, they go out and play the fixtures on Monday night or whenever that they're on. They just expect that the dressing rooms are in a good a good order, the pitch is in a fine a fine a, you know order, that it's a good grounds and whatever, and that you would be you know hoping to see intercounty camogie matches in the best facilities potentially possible. The refereeing standards and everything like that are are are, are in in fine fettle. That's all ultimately the players want, I would think. Mm. The administrators are the ones though that need to show concern. But what's happening for their players? Now, yeah, I have no problem having the player representation or whatever um, in, involved in the structure. But why do you have elected administrators then? What are they doing? Like, surely they've gone and have a chat with their players. Here's the calendar. What do you think, girls? What's, what's the scenario? What do, like, are you happy with this? Now, if that's not happening, yeah. I think, Darren, no question. Yeah, you have to then involve um, a representative association or whatever uh, in consultation that at least then they feel, well, hold on, you're in the consultation process. Um, there's no point throwing your, uh, you know, your ties out of pram three months down the road then when you feel mm. it's, not, it's not so. Yes, but I still think, Darren, it always goes back. The people that sit and put their hand up or are voted in, they're the people that make, are, are making decisions. They should be on the ground picking up what's going on for the players. That's just that's, my And that's definitely something to look at as well because again, again, it's, it's club players too. Like at the end of the day, we're, we're not, or even me personally, I'm not like 
vouching for the inter-county players actually club player first and foremost and I think some counties have proven that there can be a fibre thing and who knows guys, what you say with Leash who knows what way they'll reflect in the year there when it's over and done with as well obviously it hasn't helped their inter-county team uh, based on what we talked about and listen as I say there's so much more and of course every week seven Killing can go for two hours and keep you entertained <laughs> when we're talking about Camogie but we better stop it here we're going to take a quick break want to talk about some of the games that are coming up at the weekend before we wrap up so welcome back here to Sports Stars Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. If you have any feedback on what you've heard in the show today, please email us, uh, send us social media posts, give us your thoughts as well, because Seven Killian will talk about anything and we'll happily talk, look at all sides of everything. But let us know what you want us to talk about as well. And hopefully uh, you've enjoyed our conversation there and further ones that we will have before we wrap up for the season. Killian, we'll very quickly go through these. Um, uh, there's three games in particular. We previewed Mayo and Tyrone the Nancy Murray Cup already. We've already mentioned uh, that there's a game between Tyrone and Donegal taking place. We'll leave that where it is. I think it was two weeks ago on the show. If you want to catch that, go onto the website and the time of that preview is up on the website article as well. So you'll be able to find it very, very quickly. Down against Offaly. Like, I'll just be straight with you now, and it's probably a conversation for another time. I don't think anybody should get relegated this year, but there is a relegation process taking place. We should get on with it. Down, we've already mentioned we're very surprised they're in this position. Awfully, if you with the work they're doing, you don't want them to go down. Down are going to be the favourites in this game. There's no doubt about it at all. But it's awfully showed against Limerick. Marie Tien playing well. Siobhan Flannery driving them too, that they can compete and we're very, very close to getting the result there. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, Darren, as well, you know, like... For both of us, down have broken our hearts this year. And that's why then it's very, very hard to sit anywhere favorably with them this weekend. And, uh, you know, that that kills me to say it because I've been seriously impressed by what they have done uh, over the last year and a half. But there's something telling me that Offaly would be able to show up in this game. You know, Dan, and when you have the quality of Hurler that's there as well, and you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Flan- Flannery, you mentioned Tien, you mentioned Michaela Mork and throw, uh, her out there as well, and, and, and others, okay? Offaly don't want maybe to be slipping back down the order then that they find themselves in a in a, in a cup final relegation scenario with Westmead and all Midlands Derby and, uh, you know, winner takes all ultimately maintaining their status. You know, awfully going down to intermediate wouldn't probably serve them too well, I, I would think, because there's one or two players there that would be mainstays of that team are probably coming to the end of their careers. They're not, you know, there's not much more that they can probably give. And, you know, I can't imagine they'd like to see out their career within the intermediate grade or whatever, no disrespect to it. But that's why I think then that Offaly might have something in the bag when they're taking on down here, you know, whereas down have come up from intermediate first year in the senior championship. I'd imagine they'd like to hold on to senior championship, but they're a transitioning team as well. There's one or two of them who are, you know, coming towards maybe the end of their careers. I'm sure they'd like to hang on. It's an intriguing battle, but there's something telling me that Offaly just the experience of the last few years that they will fight tooth and nail to ensure that they're not kind of ending up in a, in a relegation scenario. So, Darren, I don't know. I don't like ever sitting on a fence or whatever, but I just was thinking about it today. You know, awfully in the experience of the last few years, they could just sneak it because I, I just, I can't for the life of me back down this week because they've let me down too much in the last <laughs> few weeks. And the thing as well is that they've lost three games to Cork by six points, the other two by a point as well. That can become a habit too. I let you sit in the fence in that one. I don't like making predictions in relegation matches anyway because you always feel guilty mm. with the team you go against. However, the intermediate one, I know you're living there at the moment. It's hard to see Tipperary getting relegated in this, but then again, we like we would have thought they would be too good to be in this position in the first place. Yeah, true, but I I can't see it, Darren. Um, I think Tipperary will be too strong. If I'm going to call it, and it's unfortunate. Uh, I I just think Kildare Intermediate is a bit of a struggle for them at the moment, and they they may need to uh, regather themselves at at Premier Junior level and uh, have have a comeback at that. You know, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm going to offend some of my friends within Kildare Camogie, but that's where I think it's at because I I think that um, Tipperary will beat them at the weekend and they probably are the favourites for relegation in that regard. 
Yeah, Kildare, but also you can say a lot about that with Carlo as well. Kildare against Carlo, likely. Oh, that, 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 look, that, that, that's mm. nearly an All Ireland final in itself. You know, yeah. they'd, they'd be two teams that know each other quite well, and uh, there'll be no, there'll be uh, skin and two and everything flying in that game. I know doubt about it, and uh, I wouldn't like to be making a call on that game. I, I know we're writing off Kildare straight away against Tipperary, but I think that's going to be the situation. Tipperary probably didn't want to find themselves in this scenario, uh, Darren. So they're, look, you know, for them, they're probably getting two bites the cherry I think they'll do it in one and it's going to be an intriguing uh, Kildare Carlo clash I think Yeah and Tipperary's group of the tie as we reckon at the very start of the campaign as well we both actually predicted Tipperary to be in our quarter final and they end up in the relegation uh, Tipperary get the nod there finally Wexford against our man the Premier Junior we haven't really talked about the Premier Junior this week Cavan and Clare secured their places in the knockout stages last week too Clare by walkover we leave that for another day Cavan beat down uh, this is a repeat of the Division 3 final. It's pretty much a free chance for both um, Matty Lennon and Alan Brennan to have a look at their panel ahead of a semi-final or quarter-final. What way do you reckon this will play out? I'd love to be able to see this game because, you know, we saw a cracking uh, league uh, encounter and um, I think Armagh might want to, just from a psychological point of view, might want to win this game. Um, I know, obviously, matters are, are sorted out. To me, again, it'll be a tight enough game, um, Darren, because, you know, Wexford Camogie in, in a good vein of form at the moment and everything seems to be going well with their first and second team. So they seem to be all, all ships are rising down in the southeast. So it uh, could be another tricky encounter from an Armagh point of view. But I think Armagh for them, psychologically uh, progressing into, into the uh, rest of the series, I think might need the win. And uh, I just think they probably perform below par in the league encounter so I think I'll give Armad a nod in this one I feel Armad too as well but I'm looking forward to the clash Chloe Cash against Kira Donnelly that should be interesting too we are out of time and I'd say Gillian we only talked about half the stuff we wanted to talk about <laughs> uh, but we will get to it all again give your feedback as well we will get to everything else and go back over some of the things that we discussed as well There's uh, lots Darren of- on, on that as regards feedback you know I'd love to be able to hear something back because uh, you tell me we've great listeners and everyone is, is, is tuning into this podcast, but sometimes it feels yourself and myself for talking to one another and we could do it obviously an awful lot easier. So it'd be great to hear feedback from people because I'd love to be called out on one or two things to see, you know, maybe I have the wrong end of the stick and I'd love to be able to know, uh, be pointed in the right direction. So all more willing to hear feedback, yeah. no question. You, you only need to go to Waterford to get pulled out for things. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly, this was Sports Stats Camogie. One last time, I'd like to thank my co-presenter again, Killian Whelan. Good luck to you.